Hello, everybody, and welcome back for the first time in a long time courtside convo. We are finally back up and running. Long start to the season, you know, we've had all of our own conflicts, really, but now we can finally sit down. We've only got three of us today, Bobby Zephro as your host and co-host Liam Jackson and Carter Landis with me, but the most important thing is we are here, and basketball is being played. So, in that case, through the season so far, we'll just take a quick gander at the standing so far in the East. Sixers sitting pretty up top at 19 and 10, followed by Brooklyn 19 and 12, the Bucks 16 and 13, the Pacers 15 and 14, the Celtics 14 and 14, the Raptors 14 and 15, Knicks 14 and 16, and the Hornets round out the potential playoff picture so far at 13 and 15 for the East and in the West, the Red Hot Searing Jazz 24 and 5. Start this new year so far, followed by the Lakers at 22 and 8, Clippers at 21 and 9, Blazers 18 and 10, Suns 17 and 10, Spurs 16 and 11. Who would have thought that after last season? Warriors 16 and 13, and the Nuggets in eighth at 15 and 13. So I just went over the top eight seeds. Obviously, there's other teams in the NBA as well. So, so far through this season, have you guys seen any surprises in these standings, whether it be for the better or for the worse? Uh, who are the uh, 9 and 10 seeds in both of the conferences? Because remember, the play-in that is games. That's a great question. Yes, the play-in. You are damn right, Carter. So we will go. The Bulls are 12 and 15. They're the 9 seed in the East. The Hawks are 12 and 16 as the 10 seed. And then right outside that, the Heat are 12 and 17. Um, and then for the West, the nine seed is the Grizzlies at 12 and 12. The 10 seed is the Mavs at 13 and 15. And then Pelicans and Kings are both 12 and 16, tied for 11th. I forgot they have the playoff, the play-in. Tournament. Yeah, that's the new that's format so that they have sweet. this year. It's gonna be pretty cool. Oh, I'm so excited, especially because you know, I thought March Madness might not happen again this year. So for them to have like at least a little tournament, get my tournament little um dose i guess because i'm having withdrawals from the cbs sports intro music <laughs> for march madness i know that would be my favorite intro i should just make it my ringtone and just make me my hate alarm COVID in the morning <laughs> just every morning it's gonna be a great day so um i don't know i mean the sixers a nice start so far 19 and 10 but i would say the Blazers just last month were nine and seven at one point, and now they are eighteen and ten. I mean, obviously they've got Damian Lillard out there, and they've they've been doing. You know, McCollum obviously was hurt early part of the year. That's huge because we all know the one-two punch of Lillard and McCollum over there is absolutely lethal. But I mean, how far do you guys see? I guess Portland going just to start a conversation here, because I mean, Damian Lillard. You know, he has shown that he can take over games. He can be the reason why Portland wins or loses, quite honestly. So what do you, what do you guys see as Portland's ceiling this year? I think I think uh I think they might slide down the five or six seed, but that's not a team you want to see in the playoffs at all. Yeah. I mean Dame when Dame's hot, he might be the best player in the NBA. Um so if they get Nurk and, and McCollum back, that's not a team I'd want to see. I don't I don't know if they're a Western Conference Finals team, but I think they're a team that could that could win a playoff series for sure. Yeah, that, and they've got Canner over there, too. So if they have Nurkic and Canner, because 
that man for betting especially i never know how to read on this canter it's so annoying but carter what do you got uh the fact that portland is still a top you know seed in the east or the west i'm sorry right now uh with dame playing at the level that he's playing and cj and nurkic being out and i'm sure they got a slew of a couple other injuries uh it should propel dame to being in the mvp conversation i feel like because i don't know specific numbers of course but um the fact that they are still up there, and I mean, his second option, I think, outside of of just himself, he's got like Carmelo, and I know, and of course, I'm a big Carmelo fan. I always have been, but uh, at this point in his career, uh, being the second option on a team is not, you know, going to win you a lot of games. You need CJ there. CJ's is always one of those guys that if Dame isn't having a great playoff game, is no doubt going to take over in that game and put up a 30, 35 point game when he's not there. Um, I don't know the extension of those two's injuries, uh, CJ and Nurkic, uh, but them being out does not bode well for them. But I think that this is a really well-built team uh, with them in the picture. So when you get those guys back, that's definitely going to be a lethal team. It's just like they were last year when they were an eight seed. Uh, people were picking them to beat the Lakers. Obviously, that didn't happen, but this is a team that can cause some problems just as long as you have everybody healthy. Yeah, thank you, Charles, for the Portland Trailblazers mania of last season. Um, so where was I just at? Oh God, I've, you guys ever just have just too many tabs open and it just you just get freaking lost? Here we go. All right, well, let's look at those standings. Because yeah, also in the West, I mean, to me, it's just insane how. Every single year is supposed to be the East year again. And I did, I actually, believe it or not, guys, I did math. I did math and found out the West is 97 and 64 against the East this year. I mean, I don't know. I've always thought why for the playoffs they can't just, I mean, obviously they can't because of travel probably. But, I mean, just why don't they just take the 16 best teams and just, like, it just it makes no sense, especially the Bulls could make the playoffs this season. The Bull- No offense, Josh. I know you might be listening out there. Josh Rayapan, member of the show and big-time Bulls fan. But no offense, I mean, I think, like, it's, oh. it's like a bye in the East. The first round as a one seed is almost like a bye. I agree a lot of. I think a 16 team, like a, the best 16 teams, regardless of conference, that playoffs would be a, a lot better. But a lot of a lot of people, they like the old rivalries in the conferences. Yeah. Like you get, like you got the the you can get like Celtics, Sixers, and then um, like you got that battle of the LA teams and come come out of the West would be really crazy, really crazy too. I mean that'd be cool finals as well. But just those types of those types of rivalries are are kind of just built in and part yeah. of the NBA, I'd say. Or like especially the last few years. I mean, like with the Bucks, Bucks and Raptors. The last few years, that whenever they meet in the playoffs, that's been fun. Um, the Nets a few years ago. You know, sometimes obviously these lower seeded East teams, like you know, they they steal a game or two, and then it's like, uh oh, here they come, and then it's four to two, four to one. So, yeah, when LeBron was in the East too, you had LeBron against D Rose and those those Bulls, and then LeBron against Paul George and the. In the Pacers too, so those 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 series were really fun, and it was fun to watch those young players coming up in the East try to to throw LeBron. Yeah, now we'll see who in the West can do it. Which, like I said, man, let's you know, let's let's talk about this Utah team a little bit because holy crap, 
I mean, obviously, you know, every year it seems like this team is hovering, you know, three to six range, you know, they'll give you a good series or two and then probably be bounced. But I mean, the way this team has been playing this year, I mean, they, they shoot the ball like crazy. I mean, I've, it's insane. Like just from last year, I'm like, why did I not watch more Utah Jazz basketball? Like how, how could this, I guess. I don't know. I just have so many questions regarding the Jazz. Like, what happened? Like, you know, obviously, they're th- like we said, their three-point shooting's been really good. And even as of late, they've been doing it without Mike Conley. They've been winning games. I mean, this team is just built built different, like the kids are saying these days. Um, see if I could get some team stats for them Jazz. I think the addition of Jordan Clarkson last year really helped that bench. That bench is, is they're so deep. And I know Conley's out now, but Conley's playing way better than he was last year, too. Gobert's the best player on the best team in the NBA, which, I mean, he got that big contract. A lot of people were questioning, mm-hmm. but so far, paying off. So, Yeah, because, I mean, granted, like, you, you see a traditional center now, especially like that, and people are just like, oh, you threw how much money at him? Like, But then, you, you like, yeah, you like you said, you watch them play, and you're like, they are not the same team without this guy. So, of course, you know, they'd give anything to keep him around. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Jordan Clarkson too. Eighteen point two points per game off the bench. He's off a serious six bench. man of the year candidate. Yes, sir. Because I remember, it just seems like yesterday I just saw him in L.A. You know, L.A. blue or blue, <laughs> yellow and uh, gold and purple, whatever colors they are. I'm semi colorblind anyway. So yeah, they had they had Clarkson, Randall, Ingram, and D'Lo at one time. Oh my God, you're right. Damn, and they just threw them all away. For what? Well, I guess for a title. Yeah, I guess, you know, they got LeBron and AD, but, like, whatever. But, um, all right, so we shall look. Where'd it go? I hate this stupid thing. There we go. All right, so I guess we'll move on from NBA standings and then just more so tone it down to the individual level. Do you guys have any players thus far that maybe might not be getting as talked about or just players you want to talk about that have just blown you away so far this season? I uh, I want to talk about my my uh, first-round fantasy basketball pick, and that was Nikola Jokic, who I got uh, at the number 7 pick. I mean, it's always it, the, the writing's always on the wall that he's going to take another leap forward. I think at this point in, this, in our current state of the NBA – I think Jokic is the best center, and that actually says a lot because there's a good slew of centers in the NBA. Like, you look at Embiid, who's right behind him in the MVP candidacy, and I think with that, I think uh, Jokic is the top guy right now. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has always been a guy I've been a big fan of uh, when it comes to centers. Vucevic in Orlando is always slept on as a top guy, um, and you've got a bunch of other great centers as well throughout the league. But uh, those three are the ones that come to mind. But Jokic is that guy. He's the number one guy, I think, in a in a top-heavy class of centers. And this season, he's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. I think he's averaging close to 50% from the field, 40 from three-point line, like 87% from the free throw. And the thing is, the Nuggets are sitting at the eighth seed. And I can't really explain why, because there's such a good unit. There's, you know, Jamal Murray, who's always capable of having a big game, Gary Harris, uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, who's that, Paul Millsap. That's a that's a decent squad right there. Mike mm-hmm. Malone's a great coach. I don't know how – I think they got off to a slow start, but I'm kind of surprised at the fact that they're sitting in the eighth seed. 
Uh, obviously, Jokic is like that MVP candidate. But one guy who I who I see a lot of, and at the same time I don't see a lot of, that's Zach Levine, uh, having the best year of his career, become one of the premier shooting guards in the NBA. Is a guy who kind of came into the league. People didn't really know what he was going to be when he came into the league. Turned himself into a phenomenal three point shooter when that was a huge red flag in his draft process. He's shooting eight threes a game, eight attempts a game, and he's hitting on 44% of them. I mean, that <laughs> he's a guy who you can play, I think, at both guard spots, uh, also with about five rebounds and five assists a game on efficient shooting. I know the Bulls aren't a great team, but Zach Levine, uh, he deserves an all-star spot, not just in the dunk contest. He should be in the game this year. Uh, and I know Josh will probably, if he is listening, he's probably a fan of the fact that I'm shouting out Zach Levine. <laughs> but, I mean, he's just having a phenomenal season, and I know that Chicago's not great this season but he deserves some recognition go ahead Liam uh one of the guys I, I think is having a real breakout year is Jalen Brown um I mean he's, he's scoring 26 26 a game five rebounds four assists shooting over 50 percent 40 41 percent from three and Tatum's been out with injury and then all contract con, contact tracing um for he's missed a lot of games and he's kept them afloat they're only I think they're like 500 right now so they're not great but I mean, they've had a lot, of, a lot of other issues, Kemba being out too. They don't really have a, a, a center. They need a better center. So, I mean, Jalen Brown's been keeping him afloat, and I think he deserves an all-star spot. And then, I mean, I mean, it's not a guy that goes under the radar at all, obviously, but LeBron, year 18, coming off, like, the bubble. They played deep into the into, into August and, and then a very short offseason. Now he's having an MVP-type season yet again. So we'll see how he can keep the Lakers going without AD for about a month, maybe more now. But if he keeps him afloat, I think – and keeps putting up the numbers he's putting up, I think that it'd be hard not to give him the MVP at the end of the year. It's funny. I was looking at LeBron's stats, actually, because we're going to talk about the all-star starters a little later in the show. But for his career, LeBron is averaging 27-7-7 for his career. So if you throw him on a basketball court any age, any time in the span of 18 years, he will probably give you 27-7-7. That is... I mean, who else could do that? Who else could really do? Maybe, maybe Jokic. No, <laughs> but I mean, still, I mean, it's just a, it's insane. Jordan, that's the only other guy. I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes. If he, if he, if Jordan won, put up twenty-seven, seven and seven, he would have. But uh, yeah, but no I doubt. Yeah, I would say he's, yeah, too, no he's too busy putting the ball in the hole, I guess. But one player, I'm gonna stay local, especially. Jeremy Grant for the Pistons, I mean... He deserves a shout-out. Holy cow. I mean, especially... That's that's another thing when you talked about Denver. I think people don't realize how yeah. big of a piece Jeremy Grant was no, for sure. to that team. I mean, he defends. I mean, you give him... If he's the primary offensive option on a team, which he is on this Pistons team, I mean, he's giving you 23.8 a game. You know, 23.8, 5.3 rebounds... About three assists, a little under one steal, and a little over one block. And I mean, for you know, three years, sixty million—that's that's a lot of value you're getting for him. And another guy on that squad—I mean, I'm not saying him as underrated, but Mason Plumley as well on that Denver squad is not there anymore. You know, also Pistons. So uh, we'll just take all the old players and you know, just bring them here. But no, um, Jeremy Grant has been absolutely unbelievable. I mean. I didn't really watch many Denver games, especially considering they're on the West Coast, you know, a lot later. But, you know, now that he's on the Pistons, I'm able to watch him a lot more. And I mean, he can he can just score however you want, which, you know, 
might be, you know, you might think, oh, yeah, there's a lot of guys in the NBA who can score. But if you watch Jeremy Grant, how he's like one of those guys who can truly score from anywhere on the floor. I mean, also a 38% three-point shooter shooting. He makes some tough shots around the rim, too. Yeah, or like those, like some of those shots he'll do in like the mid post too, like those weird turnarounds. I'm just like, I don't know how. Like you, you, some of the shots that he shoots, you just look at it. You're like, why would you shoot? Oh, yeah, nice, 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 good shot. I went in. So, um, did you guys have any other players you guys wanted to touch on? I wrote, I wrote down two names. I put down Jokic and and uh and Zach Levine. I'll oh, say so yeah, I put Jokic and Grant. So. I don't need to talk about it too much, but I think Julius Randle deserves some credit too. Oh, the yeah. Knicks are a playoff team right now, and he's been the best player on that team. That's very true. He's putting up like, he's what, 23 and 11? Efficient, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been killing it over there. Once again, could have been a Laker. Could have stayed a Laker. It's but another one of those big men. It's another one of those big men that Tom Thibodeau has tapped into their potential. Because remember when Thibodeau was there in Chicago in 2014 when Jokic was a top five or Jokic Joe Kim Noah mm-hmm. was a top was a top five MVP candidate so and Taj he knows Gibson how to was a big big part of those teams too under who's Tibbs. that Taj Gibson was a big oh yeah part of those teams under Tibbs, oh yeah so. yeah he knows how to get the most out of his guys and by the most I mean he'll play him you know 40 minutes a game he'll play, he'll play him 50 out of 48 minutes and yeah then, exactly <laughs> and then hope for the best so as you know one of our last episodes that we did was um draft special so we're gonna move on to not just which player has impressed you the most so far but have any rookies for you guys especially made an impact so far this season um well, i think i don't think he's gonna win rookie of the year but my favorite rookie has been tyrese halliburton i think he's gonna be a, just an absolute star um he's just i mean his numbers are great but you just watch him play he just controls the game as a as a 20 year old rookie um, and I hope soon. I hope they slot him in the starting lineup next to uh, De'Aaron soon because that would be a very, very tough backcourt to stop. Like in transition, he's very good. He's a uh, his jump shot does not look the best and it's slow, but he get he he can get it off. He can get he, he's been making shots off the dribble too, and it, it goes in and he gets. Yeah, he's great on. Uh, he, there's not really a flaw in his game. He gets in the passing lanes as well. I think I think he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch for a long time. Yeah, that um, shoot. What was I just gonna say? Oh, I lost it. Go ahead, Carter. <laughs> I I had Halliburton too as one of the guys I put down. I think I put two names for both side stuff to talk about. But yeah, Halliburton was one of my guys too. I think he's kind of proven to be the steal of the draft because, you know, I I was a guy who thought Halliburton might not go that high when we were watching the draft, but I thought put you know let him tumble a little bit and some some good team's gonna snatch him up and that was Sacramento. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit of a fall right there. But yeah, he's become that steal of the draft. And uh, it's been impressive to watch. I mean, I thought that, you know, he'd fit into most places and Sacramento was a good one, especially him running that second unit. And you're right that he can do pretty much everything. He just fits that role of a pro. Like the game looks like he, he does control the game so well, especially for his age, especially in also coming off the bench. So he was one of the guys I was impressed with. Uh, did you have any of the others? Uh, quickly. I love watching. Ooh. Quickly is so. See, yeah. I, I was gonna say. I was about to say. I wish the Knicks took Halliburton, but I think Halliburton is gonna be better and quickly. So I still yeah. think they could have taken him over Toppin. But quickly is very fun to watch. That floater is taking yeah. like a, a life of its own. So yeah, he's a he's a great player. He's can he can score. Um, he's shown he's been he's been hitting a lot of step back threes lately since I've been watching. I don't. I mean, he's got 
he's got a lot of moves and he can he can fill it up. So he isn't that's another one of the rookies I really like watching. And he fell to twenty five, right? I think so. Yeah, I there was a couple guys who went first round that I didn't think were gonna go first round. Like they were good players like quickly, but I mm-hmm. thought some other guys were gonna go first round. Like we you know, we had our mock and I didn't have quickly first round. I didn't have Peyton Pritchard from Boston going first round. I didn't right. expect that, but he's been playing in a good backup role. He's put a lot more minutes since Kemba got hurt and I mean that kid just knows how to play the game. It's nuts to watch him play. Like he can shoot it, he can get to the rack. He's a you know he's a scrappy defender. Pitchard is well, he wasn't one of the guys I wrote down, but he's one of the guys I just thought of when you mentioned quickly. But yeah, about Pritchard, that's just watch. I was watching the Celtics the other night against uh, the Hawks, and just like watching him out there, it's just like at first I'm like you know he checks in because I you know, I don't watch that many Celtics games, and I'm like. Who the heck is this guy coming on the floor? I'm like, oh, Peyton Pritchard. I'm like, I know that name from Oregon. That and yeah, I mean, he 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 looks like he belongs. You know, like he's he busts his balls out there to put it to not you know to put it in just a way I can. I guess. I mean, he he plays hard. I just love the players who play hard, especially rookies. But um, how can we mention rookies? Of course, without that man Lamelo Ball because I just I just had to throw it in there. I mean, twelve points, five rebounds, about five assists. About he's actually averaging one point six steals per game too. The field goal percentage we could work on a little bit forty one point two, but thirty six percent from the uh, from three point line. I mean, and he he's not just like catching in the corner wide open, and, right? And setting up and shooting. He's making some tough shots, like taking some deep threes. And I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be a Great, great three-point shooter, but better than expected, I'd say, so far. Yeah, and just watching him play, it's just like, it's funny because there are so many NBA scouts like, oh, this, you know, his style of play will never work in the NBA, blah, blah. And then you see him in the NBA, and he's doing, like, the same flashy passes, the same, like you said, making the tough threes. And I'm like, wow, it's almost like he's been doing this. Like, I don't know. The guy, the people who were hating on LaMelo Ball, it's just like. That's a thing. Six eight point card. <laughs> yeah, like, like when Luca's draft, like I think he should have been consensus number one overall, and he's showing that. And then Lamelo, I think, was pretty obviously the best player in this class, in my opinion, at least. And I think a lot of people are scared by the fact they played overseas and get college. But I hope that these two kind of change that. If there's change that narrative, if there's another player like them that don't play college, like they can ball. Right. They, well, especially in Luca's case, he came over like you know from he was playing in Spain, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. He came over with awards on award he already had you know medals weighing down his neck from his mvp playing as grown men exactly yeah exactly so i mean from that standpoint yeah because even me personally i was like i don't know man luka Doncic, starko milicic i don't know man you know as a pistons fan i just it's just that darko nightmare every time they have a european player that high but Shame on me. I should have known. He was an MVP at 16, you know, yeah, he... in, in, in a grown man's basketball league. So, shame on me, I guess. No, no, I saw um, just one last thing on the rookies. How about Anthony Edwards, 27 points against the Lakers the other night? That was pretty sweet. He's been, doing since, they, since they've started him, he's been, uh, he started off a little slow, but he's been better. And I don't know if he has the ceiling of Lamelo, but I think he'll be a solid player for sure. Yeah, I didn't really realize either. Like, you know, obviously he's a good athlete, but like you don't like I when I was watching that game, I didn't realize like he's like he thick like two scenes. <laughs> I mean, he's a big he's, guy. Yeah, I mean, all of six five, you know, two probably two thirty. He can fly too. Picture. He's had a 
recently he's had a couple of dunks where he looks like he's floating up there. Man, it's just crazy. And to think that the, all these guys are younger than us. Yeah. Isn't that a little weird? Getting yeah, to that it's point. Kind of depressing. Depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, man, mom, why couldn't you marry someone taller? But we'll get over it. So we will be moving on to our next topic of discussion, which is All-Star Captains. The All-Star Captains were announced the other day. We've got LeBron for the West, putting up about 26 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and a steal. And then Kevin Durant heading the East, 29 points, 7.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.4 blocks. And then we've got starters announced as well. For the East, we've got uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, really good for him, especially from his last snub. And Kyrie Irving, and from the West, they're going to roll with Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic. So with the reserves not being named so far, who do you guys like as some of the reserves for this All-Star game? Which, by the way, I don't think they should be having, but that's just that's just me. Yeah, that's the opinion of most NBA players right now. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because especially it's like you bring all these guys from all these different places, and you're basically saying, play a scrimmage. Like, for what? <laughs> you know, they could be doing anything else. They could spend time with their families. They could, I don't know, spend time, you know, doing stuff that matters to them. Because I just have a feeling with this All-Star game, they're just going to come out and, yeah, like a flat. But yeah. go ahead. Who do, you guys, who do you guys like as reserves? One thing I'll say is uh, Cam Reddish had a quote about that because they asked him about the fact that there was a bunch of people going to be coming to Atlanta. And he was like, I don't think it's a great idea, but have fun, I guess. <laughs> Which is basically just like, <laughs> y'all be safe out there. It was pretty good. Um, Jalen Brown comes to mind right away in the East for me, uh, as as uh, Liam mentioned before, the great season he's having. A couple guys, James Harden, Trey Young, Zach Levine. Uh, Julius Randle is deserving as well. I wrote these down, but now I don't. <laughs> no, I can't really look yeah, at Yeah, Carter now. came in today without a computer. But well, I mean, unprepared. Hey, how, you can't tell. Not, but now, now, now they can tell, I guess. But now like, they can hey, tell. It's been pretty seamless so far. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I ruined it for you. I'll but. be ready. I'll <laughs> be ready next. I'll be ready next time for sure. Uh, I had a couple of those guys. Who do you have written down? Uh, Harden for sure. Dame for sure. I well, I don't know if we're gonna get it. If you, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I think Harden. I mean, not Harden. I, I can remember. Dame. I can remember who I wrote down if you mention it. But I do have somebody that I had as an honorable mention who I don't think is gonna make it. But I'll. And I'll uh, I was just gonna say I think <laughs> I, I'm taking Dame over Don or over Luca in the starting lineup. That's what I was gonna say. So he's for sure got to be there. I think it pains me to say this, but I think Middleton's gonna make it over Grant or Randall. Yeah, I think he's probably. shooting 50, 40, 90 right now, and oh. so I don't know. I think Middleton. Uh, what did I say? Dame. Uh, Gobert's got to be there. I think. Um, yeah. Best player on the best team, and I mean I think he deserves it regardless. Um. And then I think AD, I think they they'll give it to him, but they'll have they'll just have a sub. I think he deserves it as well. Yeah, I said the same thing. Yeah. And then maybe one that I don't know, but I kind of hope is Zion might Zion's numbers. Um, I don't have him pulled up right now, but he's averaging uh, in February he's averaging twenty seven five and four assists on seventy three percent true shooting, which is I mean he's, they're all right around the basket, but that is still insane. Um, so I hope Zion gets in there too. It'd be just fun to watch him. Throw down a couple dunks. Zion was that guy I had pegged as uh, Anthony Davis's reserve replacement. I had that him. That makes sense. I think Ingram was a guy who could get in for the West. Paul George, uh, Booker, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and one thing I, 
one thing I had an issue with that I saw on Twitter last night. Uh, the fan voting had Alex Caruso over De'Aaron Fox. And I know it's like with the fans, you know, like they love the memes and everything, but like De'Aaron Fox having a career year, averaging like 23 points a game. It's like, come I'd say it's ask like, De'Aaron if he likes the memes. I'm, sure, like, he, I mean, I'm that... sure he doesn't, but gosh, that's, I think, you know, and, and, and the game is supposed to appeal to the fans, of course. And I remember it was a couple, it was a couple of years ago. That it that they had a Zaza Pachulia in the starting lineup. Oh, on the one he was on the Hawks. From no, no, I think it was from the, the, the Warriors. State. Yeah, yeah, so they could have all five, all five starters. <laughs> That's right. What they tried to do. I think the Royals, right, the Royals fans did that in the MLB All Star Game one year. They had like there was a, a time like a week before the All Star Game they had like six starters slotted to start in the in the MLB well, so All Star Game. Didn't the Cubs have a whole infield? They probably in All Star Game. Yeah, like fan, recently, fan, fan voting can get can get pretty crazy. Sometimes. It's just like. Fan voting has its hits and misses, but then and basically what I was saying is that was one of the misses that I had was that you know De'Aaron Fox was having a tremendous year and he didn't and the fans aren't acknowledging it and it's probably because he yeah. plays in Sacramento which is like the least marketable team in the NBA but if you have stars you got to try to market them the best you can so that's kind of yeah. I think I how mean, that comes from I just never understood why like the All Star whoever the All Star committee is like why should they give a rat's ass about the the fan vote no offense because like. The things that should matter, other other coaches, other players, other like league executives, anyone directly related to the league should be should, you know, have a say in the All Star game because they're watching it every day. I mean, of course, you got fans who watch it every day, but like you also got fans voting in Alex freaking Caruso. I think that the the fans shouldn't pick the starters and the like. They should. I like. They had like the two wild cards. I think they call them for the reserves. Yeah. Like any position, maybe the fans just pick those. Oh like, yeah. See that. See that'd be fine. Like that's two, okay. two in each <laughs> conference. I'd be okay with the fans picking the reserves. Like that's like that, that. That's perfectly okay. I think the coaches should pick the starting lineup and then let the fans pick the reserves because there's more fans, you know, and more True. reserve spots because you only get five and I think you get seven for the overall reserves. So I yeah, think yeah. that I think that would make a little more sense. I think it's actually flip flopped right now because I think the coaches pick the reserves. Okay. It is. It is coaches that pick the huh. reserves, so that makes me nervous for Trey Young if Steve Nash is voting for it. So. <laughs> yeah, he won't. Think. I That's mean, he true. might. But he's he's made some comments. <laughs> oh, Stevie, what are we going to do with you? So I don't know. Like you guys have mentioned a lot of them. You know, I like. I really like Dame as a reserve. Obviously, he's gonna make it. I I think Zion should make it. Like just period because he's been doing. You know. 27 points in February. He's been at least on the floor for most of the time this year instead of, you know, last year. Oh, make me so... I, I get it. He's coming off an injury, but, like, when they would be, like, in positions to win last year and they'd be like, all right, Zion. Like his, fir- his first game. Ding, ding, ding. Alarm's going off. Take a seat. Like, for they... the minutes restrictions. Oh, my God. Yeah, his first game when he was hitting those threes, they had that place going crazy. That's oh, fun. the Portland game. Yeah, yeah. And they, they took him out and they lost. I mean, yeah, they had to follow what they were... They're playing with them, but yeah, it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> but yeah, I like, I do like De'Aaron Fox as well. Gobert for the East. I mean, Vucevic would not surprise me if he gets in as well, because it's just weird. Like for the East, like they had 
like the Wizards are barely any better than last year, but yet Bradley Beal is a starter. You know, like they didn't vote him in last year, and he was like the only player to ever not get in, averaging like it was mm-hmm. close to thirty points mm-hmm. by the All Star break. The only player ever. I think that getting a lot of press and attention probably flipped that this year. People, yeah, people had their have been had had their eyes on him more so this year. Yeah, well, that and then it's like you think about guys like like on bad teams like Trey Young should he be an all-star because he's putting up these numbers that's on a bad team and then I don't know it's just this whole process it's it's just too inconsistent for me but I like I said Dame's locked um who who else did I say yeah uh Gobert's lock there's a few other guys probably lock who else was not here I like Levine especially as well They've got Kawhi on there, Tatum, Brown. I think they'll both make it as well. And then, yeah, I there was one podcast I was listening to, an NBA podcast, complaining about how three Brooklyn Nets might be in the All-Star game. I'm like, do you guys not remember? It's three two of the best y- players in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. It's like three like, of the like, top like, 15 players in the league. That and like two years ago, the Golden State had four. <laughs> Golden State had four. And that Hawks team had or two, I think. And it was like but none of those guys had any business weird, being though. in that game. And that's, of course, yeah. as we know, that's my team. But as I can look back yeah. and say, none of those guys had any business being in that game. Yeah. Like, do you want to watch Al Horford post hooks <laughs> in the whole game or like Jeff Teague drive by himself and or watch off ball screens for Kyle Corvin? The 04 Pistons. <laughs> he hit seven that, threes yeah, in the game. Say, he that... hit seven threes, and I was, I was feeling good about it. But uh... <laughs> the 04 Pistons had. Was it four or five? Players? Yeah, and they, they had four. I yeah, think they all played together. Who's, who's yeah, I don't think any together. team has had five. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it was Billups, uh, Rashid, Hamilton, and was it Ben? Probably Ben. I uh, would be ben or maybe Tayshawn. Yeah. yeah, one of the two. But either way, should should have campaigned for five to get in there. So we have got the reserves down and. So, we'll do a little, this segment that we have added, well, I added it, sorry guys, but um, it's called the OT, we're just going to take a little, you know, 10-15 minutes, talk about a little small talk about NBA, just fire off whatever comes to your mind, so I thought a good one for today, who are your top three favorite NBA players, any era, any, it doesn't matter, just to you, who would be your favorite, because I've I've got my three, and I can. While you guys think, I'll just go for it. Um, number one, easy, Vince Carter. No, no doubt. I mean, no one's dunking like him. I mean, if if you go up and YouTube, not many guys have a top one hundred dunks for their career. <laughs> top a hundred for one guy, and just I love watching Vince Carter highlights. I love Vince Carter. He was the Iron Man twenty one years, I think. 21 or 22, right around there. So I love Vince Carter. Number two, I would have to go Kobe Bean Bryant. I mean, what else is there to say about Kobe? I've got a got a poster of him in my room if anyone cares, but that's, that's <laughs> my number. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there you go. And then number three is Isaiah Thomas. Not, not Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. So I like Boston Celtics, oh. Isaiah Thomas. Because... I'll just never forget watching that game. He when he came out and played the day after his sister passed away, mm-hmm. and he's like crying on the bench, and then comes out. I think it was. I know he dropped at least thirty, maybe forty. I think it was forty. Yeah, it was either. 
when I was watching that game, I was like, holy crap. Like, this guy came out here and just did that. And he's five foot. He looks like, honestly, out there compared to everyone else, he looks like he's five foot. Mm-hmm. You know? But, like, he just was, the, he got some. He was in, like, the MVP conversation that year for a second. Exactly. That's why I have the Boston, <laughs> the Boston Celtics Thomas jersey. <laughs> but, yeah, I like Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons, of course. Got, you know, shout out Zeke. But I love those three for, like I said, I could talk about those three guys probably for a whole show length, but I'm not going to do that. So, would any of you guys like to start? Yeah, I got to think a little bit more if you want to go first. Got, I've got too many favorites. Come. I was thinking of my three like current favorite players in the league, but I can sw- switch it up. I, mean, I can you, switch it up too because I she, you, know, you can do whatever got, you want. I got a couple. I got a couple guys I can talk about. Um, I guess currently my favorite player is Trey Young right now. He, uh, you know, best player on my favorite team. Uh, and of course, you know, I my my initial thought process with Trey Young was when the whole trade went down. I was like, oh man, that's probably you know not going to look great. But it's become, I think, maybe the Biggest high risk, high reward, win win trade in NBA history. Almost, I know there's been like good trades, but as of recently, that's a mm-hmm. great one. And I mean, at first, I was you know I was a big Luca fan throughout the whole draft process. So when they drafted him and traded him away, of course, I was kind of like, why, why, why <laughs> would you do that? And I was, and I, I, I like Trey Young too in that draft. But you know, get, you get a guy like Luca, and it's like, oh man, that's you lose a guy like that it's tough but i you know i've campaigned for trey young since then like it was about 20 minutes i was sitting there like wow they really just did that and i was like you know what all right <laughs> there's no more sitting around about it i'm i'm a big trey young fan and i have been since since that moment and he's obviously cashed in pretty well mm-hmm. and i know there's a bunch of there's a whole bunch of narratives around him you know he 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 won't catch luka he can't do this can't do that whatnot I don't even care, and I know there's the and there, there's the new there's a new thing that that Steve Nash has come out about with the fact that he draws so many fouls, and I, and I won't lie that part of his game I'm like dude, you know you can get to the rack you can shoot the ball you don't have to draw so many fouls I mean it is a right. bit of a strategy but I mean I'll say Steve Nash is one to talk with a certain guy on his team you know drawing some free throws right. you know just a few but right. So Trayong's my current favorite player. One of my one of my favorite players, I think, for a while was Kyle Korver. Because hey. growing, you know, growing up, I guess being a, being a kid, he his prime was kind of when I was in middle school, high school, and being that unathletic white kid who the only thing I could do was shoot. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna model my game after this guy because he <laughs> because he can do the only thing that I can do, and uh, he's one of the best shooters of all time. He's always fun to watch. Um, I, I, when when he got traded from Atlanta, I guess I wasn't like sad or grief struck or anything like that. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, at that point. But <laughs> Time to move on. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I hope he gets a ring with the Cavs. He didn't, and he had like a horrendous shooting percentage in the finals. But anyway, and I guess the last one is uh, the the guy who got me into watching basketball. My, one of my favorite players when I started watching basketball was Dwayne Wade. Hey. That's a good one. He was the guy who who did it for who did it for me. He was the guy who I started watching basketball, and he was my favorite player. And I, and I like and when I had first started watching basketball, I really liked the Heat for that reason because I was like Dwayne Wade's mm-hmm. there and LeBron's there too, and I like LeBron, but Dwayne Wade's been my favorite player for so long. And then and then when LeBron had eventually taken over in Miami, and people were like this is LeBron's team, not you know, and I was like, okay, I. Can't I don't want, I don't can't can't with this anymore, man. <laughs> Say what you want. This always D Wade. This team. is always D Wade's <laughs> team. And when they traded him back to Miami, I was so happy because I was like, "That's he." 
How about LeBron's team, D Wade City? I'll take that. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wade that's County. Not, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad trade off right there. You know, yeah, yeah. You can have the team, LeBron. Couple, I'll take. I'll take the clubs. Rings. I'll yeah. take the. <laughs> he did get a couple rings. One of the best players of all time. I always, I always loved Dwayne Wade for that reason. So those are my three. All right. Nice. Um, my favorite current day player is probably Devin Booker. I was. Ooh, I don't like. He's up there for me too. I don't like. Um, Kentucky. But I love I loved watching him at Kentucky. So once I realized I I was like tuning in to watch Kentucky basketball just to watch this dude, I was like, all right. And he's from Michigan. Um, True. And I just love the way he plays. And then I mean, dropped seventy when he was what like twenty one. Not yeah. even. I don't even know how old he was then. <laughs> and then uh, lost. Yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah, he's just one of my favorite players to watch. I'm glad that he's on a team that could get in the playoffs and maybe win a series, hopefully, and gets to play with Chris Paul now. Um. My favorite, I know, <laughs> you guys went trashing Steve Nash, but that was my favorite player growing up, Steve Nash. I was a big I fan of Steve Nash yeah, too. I had a, I, know, I had a Steve Nash jersey yeah, back in the day. I just had to turn the Steve Nash around a little bit. Yeah, I, that offense, seven seconds or less offense with Stoudemire, Sean Marion, and and Nash. He won those. I think it was back to back MVPs, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, maybe, you could say Kobe deserved one of them, but he still won it, and I really wanted them to win a, a finals, but. Uh, they never did. So I mean, yeah, that, those offenses were really fun to watch. And my third, I don't really know, but I would. Have, I'm gonna stick with, stick with Detroit, and I'll go. I'll go Rip, Rip Hamilton. Hey. So, um, yeah, just I don't know. Just embodies Detroit basketball. Won a championship here, and he's got one of the most famous looks, I guess, in NBA history. Like you see that the face mask. mask, you think of Rip. Yeah, so <laughs> can't go wrong. That's clown. I wonder if anyone has like an authentic game worn rip mask. That, Someone has to. I would pay a lot of money for that. That's what I'm saying. Get like a little get like an autograph like on the bridge of the nose or something. Or like right on the forehead. Would you rather have that or the LeBron all black mask that you wore in Miami? <laughs> LeBron mask well, was so I was about cool. To say, man. I'm like, that was cool. <laughs> that was scary. Yeah, didn't they tell him to take it off? At one point, I don't remember. That was told, that was the best LeBron though. Or did some? Or was it Kobe? I that think came, it was Kobe that they told to take yeah, it off. See, that's but not it's like, fair. dude, you look cool, man. That's not fair. How like can Batman you not let the black mamba wear the black face mask? <laughs> like, I don't get how LeBron gets a mask that cool, and Kawhi wore the one he wore this year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah with the that Hannibal, that Hannibal yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> that was ugly. <laughs> oh my god, it made him look like a like a ghost kind of. I don't know. It just it looked very unnatural. It, if it did, but then Kawhi it, does is yeah, unnatural. That's, what, that's, yeah, what that's true. Say. I mean, in the same sense, it was too much Kawhi. Like it was, it was yeah. way too Kawhi. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. Too Kawhi. <laughs> All right. Well, I like that segment. Maybe we we keep the OT in. You know, just I like it. Just yeah. a little banter. You know, maybe we can make spread that to outside of basketball. But we'll see. You know, baby steps, baby steps. First episode back in a while. So, our last segment of the day. Sports books in Michigan, that's a thing. So we're going to give you guys some Friday night picks. We have three games that I just picked out because I think there's like seven or eight games tonight, and I'm just like, well, we could go over every single one. But these are just the ones I kind of liked. Um, we're going to go. So the first one, Celtics and Hawks. Tipping up at 7.30 p.m. Boston favored by four over under 225 and a half. Who wants to give a go at it? Um, I 
would not if you're uh, if anyone's listening and thinking about taking my advice, I would <laughs> advise you to, to not. I'm just saying so the perfect. Same thing so just fade, yeah. fade me too. Don't even. I mean, I just I I don't have any strategy here. I'm just going off feel. I, we've been we've been talking a lot about Jalen Brown. He's on my fantasy team. I and he's he was <laughs> listed. He was listed as questionable <laughs> earlier, but he's playing tonight. So I'm rooting for Jalen Brown. I think they'll cover and they'll beat the Hawks. But I mean, I'm not confident in that pick at all. No, I think so too. Um, Jalen Brown is ba- is gonna play. Uh, I think Tyson and Kemba Walker are also back because. Uh, Boston just played Atlanta without them. Uh, how long have we been recording? Do you know? Do you, does like, it say on there? Time on this episode? Yeah, on this uh, one. I've got the Denon, but we probably started around 520-ish, so we're probably right around an hour. Do you want me to talk about the Hawks in? for two more hours? Because I definitely <laughs> All right, can. yeah, I'll just head on out. You yeah. can stay here, you know, and I will just shop. ramble, but no, <laughs> but no. Um yeah, I watched him play. Uh, Nate McMillan took over for a couple. He's gonna take over. He took over the last game. He's gonna do this one. Well, Lloyd Pierce is uh, had the birth of his child. Congrats, Lloyd Pierce. But uh, they looked pretty good. They looked better defensively, I think, under Nate McMillan, and that's one of his specialties. Um, I I've been a big Nate McMillan fan for a long time. I remember I I kind of went off on a rant on one of our episodes because I didn't I had no idea that the Pacers were gonna fire him. Um, but I will. I still think that uh, with with uh, Tyson and Kemba coming back for Boston, I think they're going to clean up their mistakes from the last game, and they're probably going to win, and they probably will cover, just because Atlanta has... That was the first game I think they've looked good in a while. Because Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If Lloyd Pierce ever gets canned, do you think McMillan... Do you think they hired him to take him take, take over after he, that, or no? He might be first in line. Yeah. And I think this... And I know that there is urgency with the ownership with Lloyd Pierce and this team. And uh, if this is an audition for McMillan, I think one game in looks pretty good. So maybe. Also, Lloyd Pierce was Steve Nash's room or teammate in college. A lot of Steve Nash, but fun fact, yeah. fun fact. Yeah, they may or may not have we mentioned that. We love fun facts, <laughs> Liam. We love the fun facts. People yeah. coming. Love them. But yeah, I'll shut up. I think Boston <laughs> wins and covers. the For the over, yeah, probably. Neither team can over defend that well. Yeah. I don't know. I when I look at this game, because the uh, I would say Boston definitely has the advantage, like from the one through three. But you look at four and five, Clint Capella and John Collins is kind of a tough matchup down there. Especially, cons- I mean, you know, Boston's got Tristan Thompson, they've got Tice, they've got Time Wizard Robert Williams down there. Um, I'm going to go. Let's see. We're at Boston. I'm going to be on the contrary. I'm going to pick. Atlanta to cover this game because I I think that Atlanta's going to have their way down low and that will free up Trey Young, get him some open shots, get him going, and I am also going to take the over as well because 225 seems kind of low, you know? I mean, each team, well, if each team, like, if it's a one-point win, that'd be like, you need like 113, 114, but I like the over. So, we'll go on to our next one. Sixers versus the Bulls. Shout out to Josh for this one. 7.30 p.m. ESPN. Catch that one. Philadelphia favored by eight points. And the over-under at 228.5. By the way, these are all just off the ESPN app. So that's William Caesar's Sportsbook, I believe. But Philly favored by eight. Over-under 228.5. Who wants to go first on this one? Um... I think 
I think the Sixers will win in a close one. Both so Bulls will cover. Sixers will win. I Embiid's. I don't know if he's gonna play or not, but he's still been dealing with that that injury. Simmons is playing, and the 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 Bulls had a big comeback win against the Pistons, and they looked extremely hot after the Pistons took a big lead on them. And I think Levine gonna fortify his All Star push to get another team, and I think he's gonna have a big game. Um. Yeah, I think they'll win. I think. I think it could go to overtime even, so I'll go, I'll go to over. I'm not saying it's going to go overtime, but I think it'll be a close game all the way to the wire. I'll say I think you can bet that, and that's big money if you predict a game. <laughs> but. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that, though. But, yeah, I think I think Sixers win, Bulls cover. Do we know if Carter? Ben Simmons is playing? I, Let yeah. me f- it says right now on the injury report he is listed day-to-day. So let me check. Um. Go ahead, if you want to. If he plays, I like the Sixers to win and cover. Uh, if he doesn't play, I still like the Sixers to win, but they probably won't cover because a nationally televised game for Chicago, one of those teams that's under five hundred but still in the playoff hunt, that's such a trap game, I think. Uh, and Billy Donovan, it took a little while, but uh, Billy Ball has started to be established in Chicago. And I mean, a, a nationally televised game for Zach Levine is, is just a 40-ball asking to happen, so... Um, and the Bulls front court, uh, Simmons is probable for today, it's probably, by the okay, way, so we'll probably with, play. it says illness. Yeah. He's got a little stomach bug according to, uh, Doc Rivers, but, um, if the Bulls are running out there with Wendell Carter and Laurie Markinen, if they're sending Carter out there to guard Embiid, I know Carter's, uh, he's been decent so far. I think Embiid's going to have a big game. So I, yeah. I yeah, so if Simmons is going to play, I'll take the Sixers to win and cover. I know the the Bulls are going to be scrappy as they usually are, but I'll I'll go with Philly wins this one. Yeah, I'm going to say Philly covers this game literally on the back of Mr. Embiid. And here's a a little bonus player prop for you. I've got Joel Embiid over ten and a half rebounds in this one easily because. Looking at the stats, I mean, you look at the Bulls, their leading rebounder, like you said, Wendell Carter averages 7.6 rebounds a game, around 7.5, and, and that's their leading rebounder. So, I mean, sure, the Bulls got, you know, they've got a good amount of big bodies, like we said, and they've got, um, oh, what's his name? What's Gafford, Daniel Gafford, that dude. <laughs> they've got him down there, they've got Wendell Carter, but then again... You also have Joel Embiid on the other side. So I mm-hmm. like the Sixers to cover. I'm going to say I'm going to go under the 228 and a half. But if you guys want to make some extra money, I, I bet this today. I've got Embiid over 30, 30 and a half points and Embiid over 10 and a half rebounds. So right. go Joel Embiid, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got one more. This one very interesting as well. Um, Suns versus Pelicans, 8 p.m. Phoenix favored by three and a half points over under 230 and a half. What y'all think? Last time I saw the Suns and Pelicans play was a couple of months ago on TNT, and it was a Phoenix blowout, if I remember correctly. And that prompted me to think you never expect the Jay Crowder game. But here comes the Jay Crowder game. I don't think it'll be the same this time. He's coming off a little bit of an injury, and he, you know he hasn't been as consistent. Uh, I think what were those lines again? What uh, Phoenix, was Phoenix three and a half, and over under two thirty. Well, 
Well, New Orleans did. New Orleans did just blow out Memphis, which was weird to me. But I think. I mean, I'll go with Phoenix, and Phoenix just did have a big collapse against Brooklyn. That was strange. How Brooklyn was. Harden took oh, over. That he made did. me so mad. Oh, he did. I had Devin Booker over points. That game. I had like so many props that game that were like I had like a six player parlay for that game and like each of them missed by like one or two stats. And I'm just like, you know what, man? Vegas is, <laughs> is mean. Vegas always knows. Vegas is mean. Yeah, I don't know how they know, but they freaking know. Oh, yeah. And then by the way, Carter, they've actually played twice. One. Mm-hmm. Was way back on December 29th. Pelicans that won that one, one eleven eighty six, and then February third. Okay, so it was a. Oh wait, no, no, no! I'm looking at Phoenix's schedule. Sorry, Phoenix won December 29th. That's what I thought. One eleven eighty six, and then they played again February third. So not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, and the Suns lost one twenty three, one hundred one. I think the Pelicans are going to win again. I think they're playing pretty good ball recently. Um, I uh they don't have Steven Adams, so true. that's gonna be tough for That's why the over so high because Zion can't defend anyone. No, that's true. That's true. I was watching a game and he was getting blown by Bojan Bogdanovich a couple times. And I was like, what's up with this guy's defense? Um gotta get them fast feet. I still think uh I will still take New uh New Orleans to win. Um I don't know who would slide into that center role. Would Zion play center? I mean I'd Jackson Hayes, maybe Jackson. Yeah, oh, that's geez. true. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right, I'm taking the over on eight in points, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go with the Pelicans to beat the Suns tonight. I feel like the Suns are still reeling from that that loss that they had. Um, I'm a big Suns guy. They're probably my second favorite team behind the Pistons, so I gotta ride with them. Uh, I might I might actually put money on this one uh, for them to cover just because I'll watch it and a big Devin Booker fan. Obviously, I like Chris Paul. Michael Bridges is one of my mm-hmm. favorite young players in the league. Mm-hmm. Aiden's been good. I don't know. I just I like that team a lot. Um, and it'll be a fun game to watch. A lot of players I like on that on on both sides. I think the over is gonna hit. That's a that's a pretty that's a pretty hefty over, but I think it'll hit because um, not much, not much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not well. I guess defense, but Resist- I was just, defense. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. resistance in the in, on the inside for the Pelicans. So. Yeah, I'll I'll pick the over in the Suns to cover. Yeah, I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to say the Pelicans at least cover if they don't win. Um, I don't know. I think the, when, I'm, when I've watched Phoenix this year, it's just like the, you know, obviously they add Chris Paul, really great player, can't deny that. But just the pace of the game when Chris is in is just a little different. It's a little slower, a little more half-court sets. And the Pelicans are full of young legs, you know, especially they've got Jackson Hayes starting tonight, like Carter said. You know, he's 20 years old. Kira Lewis has been playing a lot more for them, too. Exactly. He's, got he's a good ball player. Yeah, him. And then you've got, you know, obviously Zion over there. You've got Bingram over there. I mean, Suns are a really good team. Don't get me wrong, but I like the Pelicans to cover this one. And over under two. I'm going to go actually on the under just for the fact of the Chris Paul pace, mm-hmm. C- the CPP. Mm-hmm. Since he came in, they've they've slowed that game down. Like Phoenix always liked to get out and run, you know. Yeah. Before Chris Paul got there, and now he's kind of slowing that down. I think that I think that deterred Devin Booker at first, but now he's starting to get comfortable with Chris Paul as as we kind of thought he would. Because I feel like that's a really good match, Chris Paul and Devin Booker yeah, together. I mean. I- 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. When I watch them, I mean, not every possession, but I feel Mm -hmm. like each time they cross half court, it's either a Chris Paul possession or a Devin Booker possession. They're either on a pick and roll with Chris Paul and Aiden, and Chris Paul gets the mid-range and does what he does, or they give it an ISO with Devin Booker. And that's just fun. I mean, it's fun for me to watch. And then they have Michael and and Aiden that are – I keep talking about Michael, but he's – yeah, he's fun to watch. He's not he's shoot he's a shooting over forty percent from three, I believe, too. So hmm. that's yeah. A, yeah. That's just what I when I watch I, I feel I feel like it's a stark difference when when they want Chris Paul to run the show for that possession or they want Booker too. So yeah, they do play slow, but when Booker's got it, he can he can fill it up and if he gets going, he gets going. So Yeah, especially ever since this move was made, I mean, you talked about, you know, Booker and uh, Paul meshing. I mean, you'd think right off the bat they would, but hey, at least they're figuring it out because, you know, Chris Paul, the stage in his career isn't so much looking to score the basketball anymore, but obviously, you know, he still can. But, yeah, I do, like I said, I love, I really do, not love, actually. I like, I really like this Phoenix team, but tonight I'm going to give the night, I'm going to give this Friday night to the Pelicans. So... You guys I have. I can't wait to listen back after this weekend and see. I went zero and three. Yeah, me too. Speaking of which, um, you guys want to like keep track of like units? Just put like one unit per thing. So like each person, each episode would have like eight units. Then just get one wrong, minus one unit. Yeah. You get one right, plus one unit, and just keep track that way. It's cool with me. We could go with our records. Ooh, that too. That too. Yeah, just do that. That works too. Just go by record. All right. So just remember what you picked and. If not, you can go back and listen, hopefully. But yeah. All right. So we've reached the end of the Google Doc, gentlemen. Any last thoughts before we sign off here? Go watch some NBA and hopefully watch our bets flourish and shine in the cold, snowy East Lansing. Buy stock in Cam Reddish, okay? I <laughs> I got him on my dynasty team. I'm with you on that. I it is he's starting to get that consistency back. I, I I can talk about my team for as I said two yeah, hours, but ahead. I won't. But I will not. I will I will keep it brief. I will say buy stock in Cam Reddish. It's that point in the season where he's starting to get comfortable again, and uh, he's seen the ball go in the basket a little more, and that's all he needs. So I'm saying that. That I'll, oh I'll, go ahead. I'll add one quick thing to that. Uh, it's funny. I think it was Anthony Edwards because I like I think Anthony Edwards is one of the funniest people in the NBA. Oh no doubt he's but hilarious. They were doing an interview with him and they asked him who the toughest player he had to guard was. I think that's Anthony Edwards and he he kind of laughed about it and he said they all everyone with was with them there. This was in high school I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Cam Reddish, he's like he's different. Like he will he will he will give you sixty if he wants to. So I feel like I feel like he if ever if he's got the respect from everyone he was playing with, like he can ball. So. Watch out. Yeah, I, I was literally about to say that. That video, I and mean, they have like a video of like just a bunch of high school players saying, or like was, a bunch of NBA players, mm-hmm. just like, who's the hardest guy you had to guard in high school? Cam Reddish. It was him, as Trendon Watford, as a couple guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cam Reddish on the up and up. Hope so. To the Gosh. moon. <laughs> to the moon, fellas. So, for today's episode of Courtside Convo, your host, Bobby Zephro, with co host Liam Jackson, Carter Landis. And we will talk to you guys next week. Good luck on your bets. Good luck on your life. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again soon.